I want to get Carly Garner's thoughts on the move lower. We've seen in natural gas. She's a senior commodities strategist and broker at D. Carly Trading. Carly, welcome. Good to have you back. We just looked at the move below $2 in natural gas futures. First time since the fall of 2020. If you're talking energies, commodities, one could argue this is where the focus was into uh, the end of last year into last fall and continues to be as we come uh, into the beginning of this year, right? As uh, Europe and uh, the UK managed to avoid an energy crisis directly tied to warmer temperatures and prices coming off. Uh, you're exactly right. Warmer temperatures and the ability for both Europe and the U.S. to build inventories is exactly what we're seeing here on the chart. Uh, I do happen to believe that the natural gas selling has gone a little out of bounds. Okay. Uh, sometimes markets trade out of out of their normal habitat, and I think that's what's happening here. Uh, basically, in my opinion, $2 natural gas is kind of the same as $130 crude oil. At some point, prices will have to revert back to the mean. Um, in the short run, there is no limit to how chaotic commodity markets can get. We've learned it over and over and over. And I've been doing this for a long time, and this is one of the most treacherous moves I've seen in any market, particularly in nat gas. And so even for a market known as the widow maker, this has really been a pretty wild move. That said, I do think that we eventually revert back into some sort of equilibrium price. And according to my weekly chart, it's somewhere around $3 to $5. Um, just because the market should do that doesn't mean it will do it anytime soon. Sometimes these things happen quickly. Sometimes it takes months to develop. But in the end, end users and producers have to, uh, or well, let's just say the market has to find a price that end users and producers um, can use and, and the math makes sense. At $2 natural gas, math doesn't make sense in the long run. In the short run, like I said, anything can happen. So it's gonna be interesting to see how this unwinds itself. I should also note, sometimes markets go to extreme. We saw uh, when gas was at $10, everybody loved it. Now it's at $2, everyone hates it. But the reality is when the narrative is fully uh, shifted to one side or the other is usually when things are starting to get a little bit tippy. And with with uh, what I've seen over the last week or two, a lot of the selling that we've seen just recently is most likely margin call selling. Margin mm. calls don't care about charts mm. or fundamentals or anything else. It's just forced liquidation. And so eventually uh, that'll work itself out and we can find a more equilibrium price level. I like that some of it is tied to demand. It sounds like the weather conditions warmer than expected here in the US globally for that matter, I guess uh, one could argue this winter, but uh, also a very good point, right? A level headed approach towards price activity. And uh, Carl, you do that on the upside and the downside here. So I think that's very important and we appreciate that, right? Commodities can be very short-term chaotic. We saw that with crude oil going into negative territory, and then here we are again at the $80 level or just below it right now. But it can take a while, though, for price to recover and to come out of that uh, kind of uh, uh, unpredictable kind of uh, uh, activity. Let's talk a little bit about how it's not just the demand side of the production side. I mean, also has been on the rise. We heard U.S. shale and natural gas output is set to rise to record highs in March, the EIA recently reported. Yeah, U.S. producers are coming online. In crude oil, we're almost to the levels we were before COVID. Okay. Uh, so pr production's there. The thing about commodities is, and it never fails, ever, I've never seen this fail, high prices always lures production, it yeah. lures supply, yeah. always happens. Uh, we've seen it in crude oil, we've seen it in that gas, and I think eventually we'll see it in some of the other markets that haven't given up the ghost yet, such as the grains. Carl, let's talk a little bit about crude right now. Uh, we've been calling it contained, but recently shifted that to adrift, uh, kind of hanging out in the 70 to 80 level. You know, it's it's neutral. Uh, we're seeing rig counts kind of level off. We're seeing a uh, battle between supply demand, for example, OPEC and Russia are 
cutting production. At the same time, we have China coming back online. So honestly, everything is quite balanced, which makes me think in the short run, we probably have a, a phase of liquidation coming a, ahead of us. Chart-wise, I think oil trades this year between 70 and 95. I think we've got a pretty good chance at testing 70, maybe even the high 60s, just to kind of flush out the stops. Uh, those should be opportunities for the bulls. But in the long run, I think the bias is to the upside because we do have a market that's being um, heavily influenced by Russia and OPEC. And of course, their agenda is to push prices higher. And I think eventually they'll get their wish. But I, I still don't believe that we're talking about 100 to $130 crude. I think we're th looking at like 90, 95 on the upper end. We've got uh, recent highs of around 93. We've been talking about should we take out the 83 level, but that has been a bit of an area of resistance. And you can understand, I mean, crude oil and some of the demand narrative has been dampened, right? When you have this higher rate expectation, you've got not only here in the U.S., but globally. I mean, we talked about the RBNZ. We've got the Fed minutes headed our way. A lot of uncertainty in terms of will Mester and that push for that compelling uh, case for 50 basis points start to appear in some of the other individual Fed speakers. And then some of the stronger than expected eco data. But then on the other hand, things do, to your point, seem a little bit balanced. I mean, you have Bullard talking about a very strong economy, stronger than we thought that it would be at this point. So that all feeds into keeping prices kind of in this area, in this range. Exactly. And I've noticed the markets are attempting to normalize. It's been a really crazy three years. I mean, really insane. Uh, things are starting to try to get back to normal. And I see this in correlations. We went from a situation where all assets were correlated and moving as one to if you look at a correlation chart, literally everything's doing its own thing and behaving mm -hmm. uh, more according to that particular market's fundamentals. That's good news. And we're starting to see volatility come down. The VIX, you know, uh, VIX at 23, 24 feels a little high. And I think we, we make our way lower overall. I think the 30 VIX is behind us. I think things calm down from here. And, um, well, at least I'm optimistic that'll be the case. Well, if it takes crude three years to find its way, I'm curious to see how long it's going to take natural gas uh, with yeah. some of these developments. Let's talk a little bit about metals, gold, copper, silver. I mean, gold, one could kind of categorize in a similar situation as uh, crude, just kind of hanging around this 1850 level. Not a lot of conviction there. Uh, copper, silver, what are you seeing on the industrial side of things? Well, on the first on the gold and silver side of things, I, this correction was definitely needed. We're, we were kind of looking for this as an opportunity for maybe anybody that missed the initial move to okay. try to get in. Uh, as long as gold holds about 1800, that's our line in the sand between bull and bear market. In silver, it's about 2150. That's a point we've picked out on a weekly chart to uh, act as the pivot. So, so far, so good. We'll see how it goes. Um, corrections are healthy, and I think that's exactly what we needed to move higher. In regards to copper, copper feels a little uh, expensive to me, a little rich. And, you know, we've had some news out of China and copper's a thinner market, so it gets uh, pushed around a little easier. But we're up against some pretty heavy resistance in copper. So I'd hold off on any uh, bullish ideas there and maybe look for a pullback. But gold and silver should be getting pretty close to support areas. I like that. That kind of feeds into what we were just looking at visually. You've got gold just below the 50-day moving average. So uh, again, to your point, potentially some upside potential there. And you've got copper, which is a little bit extended above the 50-day moving average here right now. Uh, uh, Carly, anything else in terms of commodities and the sauce, any other uh, products that you're watching that we didn't cover? Sure, I'm watching the grains pretty closely. Okay. Corn and soybeans have kind of defied gravity. They're trading at uh, historically high levels. And I mentioned earlier in this segment, high prices always bring supply. Mm -hmm. So I hope that uh, end users, farmers, 
producers are minding their downside risk. I hope they're not cash market speculating. And speculators, I think, are getting a little too long. Margins have come down and the net long position starting to grow. And I think these are, are probably markets that are vulnerable to some big sell-offs if the weather uh, tells them to do so. All right, I like that because it's been a while since we checked in on grains here, inching the way back above the 50-day moving average. Carly Garner, appreciate you joining us here. Let me just pull this into view so we can see again where we are relative to that 50-day moving average. Whoop, there it is. Sorry, holding above it here right now near the $7 level. Carly, always a pleasure here. Carly's a senior commodity Thank strategist you. and broker. Thanks to you at D. Carly Trading, talking commodities.